Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. First come back. Give me a hell yeah. Welcome everybody back to the Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast. It is Friday. It is stonking hot. I was on a I was on a podcast with Andy on uh, Tuesday, and it was really hot as well. So if I do sweat during this podcast, it is just because it is boiling hot. Anyway, sweat this warning. Sweat warning. Yes, and of course, as you just heard, and if you are listening on our app, Spotify or anything, that is the problem, child. Dave Robinson. Happy Friday. <clears throat> Happy Friday, mate. Yeah, great week in the UK, weather-wise, for once. We're having like a second summer. Kids go back to school, we get the weather. So Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. That's the UK. I'm good, man. It's, uh, you know, as as I always say at the minute, everything's working. Uh, I'm functioning right, which is all all that matters. Good week of wrestling uh, that's happened so far. We've obviously got Collision coming up, SmackDown coming up. This week, so we'd be interested to see what happens on those, considering everything that's been happening over the last few weeks. But today is the return. It's not done one of these in a while, and you certainly haven't done one of these in a while. Uh, a top ten show, and as Dave was doing about the tens for uh, Mr. Sean Spears, um, we're doing today top ten groups slash factions. Dave, for your mind, what makes a good group or faction, and how have you worked out your top ten? Oh, it's been this one's been a real difficult one. They're all difficult ones for me. Um, because mm. once you start kind of going back and uh, remembering stuff and linking stuff, you're trying to like, yeah, you, you don't know if it's a nostalgia thing or whether it was actually a great group. Like, there's been so many over the years. Yeah. Um, but for me, the kind of the four horsemen, um, kind of so that your main guy your guy that is going to be the main guy and needs elevating kind of IC US title yep. level and a tag team. Like that is what I think has been a winning formula for a lot of factions. Um, and then there's been other, other groups, some that are in my top 10 and they're, they're more like gangs, you know, and they've had members come <laughs> and go yep. and they've, they've had a defined leader, uh, you know, such as your bullet clubs, yeah, aces and eights, people like that. And we'll, we'll get through to them on the list and talk a bit about a bit more, but yeah, this was really, really difficult. Um, there's there's a, a distinct lack of women's factions as well, because I was trying to think of, of any women's factions. And honorable mention to the beautiful people. Um yes. that was that was great, and that's probably inspired the likes of the outcasts now in AEW. Yeah. Um, but I was just thinking maybe now that there's more emphasis and focus on women's wrestling, that we'll perhaps see more women's factions. Um, you had like the informal four horse women in WWE, yeah. but they were never actually they were never a group together, were they as a group? They were individuals and they were kind of nicknamed that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's mainly been males, male dominated with a few women dotted in, but more in a valet role, um, yeah. other than one significant group who's my number two, but we'll get to that later. We will get to that. I've got maybe maybe my number two as well actually kind of thing but anyway yeah i think a group i think there's there's two different kinds of groups. as you say there is gangs uh gangs as such um there is that one where you've got the main guy or the champion and he has you know and you always get the muscle member of the group as well yep. there's a muscle man there's always like a, a an up-and-comer that's destined for greatness in recent times you know there's been a few few demonstrations of that in AW and WWE, you know, Big E, when he came in, he helped like Ziggler. They were in a little bit of a group with AJ. 
Uh, you got the likes of Wardlow. You got the likes of Swagger, you know, Jake Hager. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a, that's a good point. You do get that kind of yeah enforcer. Having said that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get straight with my number ten, and I'm gonna yeah. hit it first. Having said that, my number ten doesn't have a muscle man. Okay, my number ten is the undisputed era. <clears throat> oh, cool. O'Reilly, Fish, and Strong. So I've just contradicted pretty much what I said there. Uh, these were just four. I mean, listen, they had the tag team. Red Dragon was a tag team yeah. in Ring of Honor. But you also had four absolute quality wrestlers. Adam Cole was the leader to a degree. He was the one that the WWE basically put the focus on yeah. in, in NXT. And then you had the rest. But any one of those could have been leader. Any one of those could have been world champion. They held untold titles. It's a shame that it didn't work out for number, whatever reason in AEW. Because I think it would have been great to have them you know, on there with the with the likes of the elites and, and golden elites and yeah, there's a lot they could have done. Yeah, a lot they could have done, but I love those four guys. They carried NXT on their back, and I I do think that they deserve my right in the top ten. <laughs> well, they they as well. You know, it was that period where the Wednesday Night War mm-hmm. AEW versus NXT, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of fun stuff they could have done with that story. Um, never Roderick Strong's there as well, um, but Bobby Fish isn't. It makes it unlikely that we're going to get it. Um, but there's so much backstory that could have used, you know, from the Wednesday Night War um, that yeah. we would have made some great television. But uh, my 10 is a re- it's a recent one. And I've tried to stray away from recent ones because you get the recency bias, you know. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I think this group, I think you'll be a fan of um, them being in my top 10. I've gone for the Blackpool Combat Club, hey, BCC. Yeah. I'll, let you, I'll let you off that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I just think you know the formation and the story they told with with Regal and yeah. him being the one that trained Danielson uh, and Moxley. Um, that that from the start that story and it just got better and better. They took they did all the storyline with Utah and he's like their young boy, uh, yeah. you know, and they were testing him and testing him and uh, he's come through the test with flying colours. Uh, and then obviously when when uh, Cesaro left WWE, Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, he found himself in the BCC as well. Actually, stepping in for Danielson, who was injured, um, but he became a permanent member. Yeah. So you look at those four guys, even without Regal, they're just such a dominant group. You know, they're all fantastic wrestlers, um, particularly Moxley and Danielson on the mic. Just there's not many better than those two. No. So, yeah, I, I think they justify a spot in the top 10. I mean, I've got eight honourable mentions, you know. So, you know, as I said, I found it really difficult. And and that BCC have kept out some big names. Um, but as I always had the disclaimer on my top tens, I only do my top tens from what I've watched since like yes. late 97, 98, up until yeah. now. So your Heenan families and even your Heart Foundations, it was a little bit before my time of watching. So I can only go off clips and what I've read. Uh, I always do my top ten what I've enjoyed. Yes. Over the, my 25 years watching wrestling. My overall honorable mentions, I'll just rattle through and then you oh. can do your number nine. But I've got the Wyatt family, Raven's mm-hmm. Flock, Misfits in Action, Main Event Mar- Mafia, mm-hmm. the Jersey Triad, uh, the Heart Foundation, I said, and the Nation of Domination. All great groups and all did different things for wrestling. Yeah. Um, but as I say, I've had to keep my 10 to my viewership, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's, and that's what, you know, uh, mine's a little bit further. Yeah, so exactly. mine, you've been watching longer. Yeah, may mine may well have become Nation of Domination was on my uh, um, uh, thingies as well. Actually, my honorable mentions, Nation of Domination. I had them on there because I like the fact that uh, 
the rock where well the rock come from there that's where that's where he earned his stripes so to speak they were actually in my list um you know i'd got them at number eight um, but then obviously when I've juggled things around and I've really had to go with, because for me to put the heart foundation in, it would be a lie really, because, yeah, I, yeah. you know, I, I wasn't watching during that period, you know, and I've gone back and I've watched the Owen Brett matches and stuff like that. But you yeah. know, the heart foundation was more when they were all together on the same page yeah. and they only saw bits and pieces of it. So. Well, you can't but, put them in. That, that's the fear. This, and this is what makes these top 10 so great because they are really sort of thingy for you. Yeah. Not, and if we can make, take the mick out of it, but it's, yeah. It, your Parker's, uh, Parker, obviously, 10 years younger than me. So yeah. his group would be okay. even more current, if you like, because, mm. as I say, he, he wasn't watching in the 80s or early 90s because he wasn't here. Exactly. Watching on my nine, mate. So my number nine, we go back to, and, and this is even a little bit before my time, and I caught these at the back of my, when I started watching wrestling. Yeah, but it was uh, lots of stuff that I've watched, lots of you know matches I've watched. I've gone back and watched the sort of late eighties in WCW. I've watched a lot of interviews with people, and they they really say their their influence. And and you look at the influence of teams and people. And actually, one of these guys in particular uh, influenced the Hardy Boys. And and this guy was the this this is these are the Freebirds. Yeah, Michael uh, Hayes, Terry Gordy, Buddy Roberts. Michael Hayes was was big with the Hardy Boys at the start of their WWE run, uh, bringing them in. They were the team that, like, if you we, we talk about the the uh, the Road Warrior pop, you know, that everyone talks about. I know Road Warriors were around at the same time, but these guys were the team that everyone wanted to be, and everyone, you know, every I think it was a case of every woman wanted to be with, and every men wanted to hate because they would nick your women. And yeah, <laughs> they. Like, they really started the for me because I didn't watch them, but obviously I've no. heard a lot about them and I've yeah. heard about people that were influenced by them, you know. And I mentioned the Jersey Triad in my honorable yeah. mentions, and they did the Free Birds rule. So when they were defending the tag belts, it could be any two of the three of them, which I yeah. found great. And now trios wrestling is huge, you know, it, it's uh, it's it's come a long way, and I think it's always been. Uh, matches that the crowd enjoy because there's so much going on and there's so much you can do and you get the multi-man or multi-women moves. Um, but yeah, the Freebirds were obviously the trendsetters and they were the original tri yeah. trio as far as I'm aware. So yeah, that's a great pick. I wish I could have put him in myself, but as I say, I you before my time. What you've watched. Yeah. How, how close was House of Black? Yeah, again, you know, they haven't been really going all that long. I know they've done stuff on the independents yeah. and stuff, but in terms of me seeing more of them consistently on AEW, yeah. they've only really been together a year or two. I, don't know, I can't yeah. remember when Buddy, Buddy left the WWE and they had the full group. Certainly Julia Hart joining them was last year, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, they would be a group that would absolutely be in my top 20, even though they are so new because I just think they're awesome. Yeah, their presentation, uh, their ability, Malachi's promos, um, everything, the whole thing. Brody is an absolute beast. And I think Brody King is actually one of the most popular wrestlers in AEW from, from as far as crowd reaction go. And, yeah. and he's a heel. So yeah, yeah they they would on an, on another day they could have easily slipped into the top ten. They could have done, and he's uh, everyone loves to bark. Yeah, yeah. It's so over. Uh, Brody, but go on, uh, uh, who's your nine? My nine is the four horsemen. So that's Ooh. going to be uh, low for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, but just to uh, quantify it, I suppose, uh, when 
I was Rick Flair made his return to WCW in uh, not long after I started watching WCW. It was yeah. probably late '98 or early '99. I'm not sure. It was around that period though, and they kind of reformed the Horsemen. Yes. So I never saw the originals with with Arn and Tully. Um, you know, Arn and Ole Anderson, wasn't it? So that was yeah. you know your tag team and stuff. And obviously, FTR have been heavily influenced by the by them. Um, but the Horsemen I saw when it was reformed was. Flair, Benoit, Malenko, and Mongo McMichael. Yeah. Uh, and they had Arn Anderson as an enforcer. Uh, and it was great, but it wasn't the original. Uh, and another, when people think about the Horsemen, they think about Arn and Tully and Flair uh, and Ole Anderson. Um, yeah. I think or it was Barry JJ Windham. Dillon who was their manager as well. Yeah, Barry Windham as well. Was Barry Windham. They've yeah. had Lex Luger and they've had other members in the past. Uh, so they had to go in for me. Um, because they, they still did a, a fairly decent run in WCW. And Benoit, you know, if we stick to purely talking about wrestling, technically a technical wrestler, you know, he, he was a phenomenal technical wrestler and he had some great matches. Um, but, yeah, the legacy of the Horsemen <clears throat> um, really, I think, deserved a, a spot in my 10, even though, as I say, it wasn't, it wasn't watered down. It was just a different lineup. Um, yeah. But they still took. They still spoke about the history, and you still got a lot of the backstory. So yeah, I thought uh, the horseman had to be in my ten. Yeah, no, they, well, they certainly do. They're, I was, as you can imagine, they're probably higher up my list. But I'm yeah, talking the probably the original horseman. Yes, number nine is the first. I would say group as such. I mean, these guys. My number eight, sorry, are are actually there is so many of these different clubs around and you're probably knowing where i'm going with this now yeah uh, it is the bullet club uh i'm not but my bullet club is the one with styles bala omega and the bucks yeah that's the one i know and love obviously there is tons now there's war dogs there's bullet club gold there's abc there's everything on every there's a faction near enough in every uh, uh, federation bar in the WWE to a degree, yeah, no. yeah, but even they've got the OC who was like a, a spin off yeah. and they were called the club to begin club. with, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, so you've so I got them. So they, these are the ones, this and these are very rare, it's very rare that you will get so many different. You know, you had NWO black and white, you had NWO red and black, you had the LWO and, and things like that in WCW, and I know you've got it now in WWE, but this is a group that. Spans. I mean, I went to Rev Pro uh, last weekend and I saw Gay Kid, who was part of the War Dogs. I'm yeah, just rocking up on Rev Pro, and so there's so many different groups in so many different federations that they just had to be in the top ten because they've got they're having a massive impact. We got the Bang Bang Gang in 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 AEW. We got um, Bullet Club ABC in in Impact, who we're going to be see who we're going to be meeting one of those in uh, in a few short weeks at Slam Masters, uh, Ace yeah. Austin. Um, so. That's why I've got them in there. They've just had massive impact on wrestling because how many times do you now go? And well, you've got one, I've got a few of them, and you see a Bullet Club shirt. Yeah, it's one of the the original Bullet Club shirt. And, and then there's so many variations of it, which are equally as popular. You know, in terms of merchandise, so they've really changed the game, you know, um, yep. getting involved with pro wrestling tees. Yeah. Um, uh, they put so much emphasis and work into the the merch as well. Yeah. I think that's really inspired a lot of other wrestlers. You know, probably the likes of Matt Cardona and people like that who would now now do something very similar. I think the Bullet Club were probably there at the forefront at the time, um, really utilizing um, like the internet uh, and and you know everything at their disposal to to spread the word and get as many Bullet Club shirts out there, and it absolutely worked. Yes. 
certainly did. Certainly does. Who is your eight, my man? So my eight, um, I wanted to get a, a faction in from Impact Wrestling um, okay. because obviously it, it's great again at the minute and we've done a few reviews and we've really enjoyed mm. watching, but there was a period um, back in the early 2010s, I believe, uh, where they ran a storyline, yeah. uh, which which it was the Aces and Eights, essentially, uh, yeah. biker gang, uh, yeah. heavily influenced, I'd say, from Sons of Anarchy, which I was watching at the time. So, you know, you're combining Sons of Anarchy with yeah. wrestling. Uh, I just thought it was a great story. You had you had all the reveals, you had all the surprises. And then I think when it, when it found out that Bully Ray was the leader, like yeah. that was a great reveal as well. Um, you know, turning on Hogan, I believe. Um, it, it was a great story and I, I really enjoyed it. And there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of talented wrestlers in that group. Um, so on another day, it might not have scraped my top 10. It might have been an honourable mention, but I really yeah. wanted to get something from Impact in there to try and spread it across the whole of wrestling, not just the WWE. Yeah, no, that's a very good, uh, very good shout. The Aces and Aces were in my honourable mention. I thought they were really, I thought it was a really good storyline from Impact. Yeah. It's taking the time. Um, and then when the Bully Ray was announced, you know, considering he was the one, the big one that was battling against them to be yes the guy that was yeah yeah and uh yeah very very good uh one of my actual honorable mentions and this was one that wwe really i think dropped the ball with and we're talking about how a great heel turn could have happened was nexus yeah, yeah. now there was always this thing who's the leader of nexus i think punk ended up being the leader but the one that i thought would have worked because he was in a big feud of them at the time was going to be cena yeah yeah and it would have been a in my view it would have been like the hogan People so. were desperate for that to happen as well, you know. Because yeah. um, they they were just more people were booing him than cheering him, but they were. He was obviously getting such a pop, such a reaction, similar to the way Roman went. To be honest, I mean, even when he came back from that, you know, his illness, yeah, he was positioned as a face, and it was probably a bit more difficult for the fans to cheer him uh, to boo him, yeah. given what he'd gone through in his personal life. But prior to it, you know, he'd been getting these boos, and everybody was like, you know, now's the time, now's the time, he'll turn. And we've seen, and we'll make, we'll talk about the bloodline later on, I'm sure, mm. um, you know, just how good that heel turn was. And you're right, they had the opportunity to do that with John Cena and, and the Nexus. They did, and they didn't happen, unfortunately, um, which was a real shame. I think it could have worked great. But um, going into number seven, my number seven on this list is, well, you've just talked about him, actually, uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, it was Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, and Seth Rollins were the S.H.I.E.L.D., Yes. Uh, and for me, the shield was possibly one of the big, well, one of the biggest factors, the biggest impact in wrestling in, in the last oh, decade or 15 years of everything yeah. they've done and what they've done. And then not only that, you've spoken about the bloodline and yes, the bloodline are on my list and we will talk about that very shortly. But again, you had Roman Reigns. It was kind of your, well, he, he was the muscle wish because I think more like Seth was the leader, I think of that. With yeah, he was the, the architect, wasn't he? Yeah, and obviously was Seth was the one that turned. Roman was kind of the muscle, and Ambrose was just a nutcase like he is now in, in yeah. AEW. But uh, for me, they have to be in there because they did set. Or I mean, you look at where they are now. Three of them yeah. are three of the best wrestlers in the, in the business at the minute, uh, and doing the they're probably three of the, the biggest names in wrestling at the moment as well. 
Well, the, the great thing I thought with the Shield, and, it, and obviously it, it's still paying off to this day, is all three guys were positioned as as main eventers. You know, all yeah. I know Ambrose had a run with a US title, yeah, um, but he was also the world champion. You know, all three of them uh, have, have had that success yeah. in the WWE. Uh, Ambrose, you now John Moxley had uh, two significant title runs in in AEW as well. Yep. Um, you know, all three top guys, and it was the way they were brought in, the way they were booked, they were booked so strong. You know, the rivalry, rivalry, rivalries they had with the likes of the Wyatt family, you know, yep. some of those matches, the three on three. And that's what I say. I've always been loved the trio loved trios wrestling and that influence from the the free birds. And you know, even to this day, we're getting these three-man groups. And the Shield were a massive, massive part of that. Uh, and I was heartbroken, to be honest, when Seth turned. I was really gutted that he, when he joined the authority. Yeah. Um, but again, that was such a great story. And we got so many great matches off the back of that involving all three of them. We did indeed. Uh, it's just, yeah. And, and they've gone on to do some amazing things. So uh, we, can't yeah. say, we can't say they haven't done it. But Dave, who is your seven? My seven's Evolution. So, oh, so just to go, that's my six. Is it okay? Yeah. Well, we well actually, my six is the shield. So oh. we've just gone. Yeah, we, we've just gone the other way. We've evolution yeah. and the shield are our six and seven, just just in the other order. Yes, uh, I think you know this was such a great use of Ric Flair first and foremost. Yeah. Triple H was the guy. You know, he was yeah. the champ. But you had Batista and Orton yeah. that were guys that were elevated by the group. So we said earlier, you know, you generally get a tag team. And and I think Flair and Batista was it were tag team yeah, champs. Yeah. So they, they did have that tag team element in them. But mm. really it was about Triple H and not passing the torch as such, but elevating Randy and, and Batista yeah. to the main event scene. And they were absolutely successful in that, you know, to, they both went on to be world champions, had, had main evented multiple pay-per-views. Randy had about... 12 or 14 championship runs yeah. and you know that was all started really evolution put randy orton on the map i know he'd done bits and pieces before i remember him when he first joined he was doing like a news splash segment backstage he, 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 he toys rnn was it or yeah running like the orton news the randy yeah news, yeah like that, yeah randy news something like that and and yeah his, his career could have gone in a very different direction if it wasn't for the fact that he, he picked up an injury at the time and then but when he came back um, you know, he's involved in this faction and he really, he was, you know, on that intercontinental US title level yeah. for a long time, but his association with the, with evolution and the subsequent feuds he had put Randy at, at the top of the industry where many days still is to this day. He's been out for a while. Uh, yeah. We hope that he can make a return. We hope we can, he can make a return soon and yeah. depending on the severity of his injury. Um, we haven't heard a great deal about him. I don't <clears> think, um, but yeah, Orton is a, Absolute guaranteed Hall of Famer, like the re the, like the other three. So yeah, evolution, mate. My, my, I don't know if you want to add something on or your thoughts on them, but yeah, they're my number seven and your number six. I think it would have been really different had the original plan for evolution come together, which was yeah. Jindrak. I'm not yeah. quite sure he was going to be. Is that Mark, Mark Jindrak with it? Was... He, they oh, done, okay. they originally done. You know the um the uh, skit where they're kind of walking down the street and they're Titantron. Yeah. Well, they had done that with Jindrak instead of Batista originally. Did uh, they? But I'm not I quite... I that. Yeah, I can't quite remember what the... I think it was just because him and Orton were very, very young and, you know, mm. put them two together. It just... They were just... It didn't work. 
Well, I, I remember Sean O'Hare's brief run. Um, you know, he, he came into WCW with Jindrak from the power plant and they were a great young team. And, yeah, you know, they went on, uh, they were the natural born thrillers. They were in the group, you know, Mark Jindrak. Yeah. Um, but Sean O'Hare obviously was with Roddy Piper, but I can't really remember what happened to G. I I know he signed, obviously, when yeah. WWE, WWF bought WCW. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a great little fact, mate. I'm enjoying that. Yeah, Jindrak even confirmed himself that it, I think it was the immaturity of both of them, mm. and they had to get rid of one. Okay. And Jindrak unfortunately showed, or I think Triple H was leaning towards Orton more than Jindrak. And then that's when Batista came along. But Batista was also the muscle of the group, wasn't he? He was the yeah, big, as we spoke about earlier. Yeah, he was always an enforcer, and Batista. Yeah. I think when Batista came in, he was with Devon, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, he was uh, Decon D. Deacon, Deacon Batista, Lou or Deacon Batista, yeah. Um, but yeah, like his career could have obviously gone in a very different direction if it wasn't for evolution. So I think they're responsible for so much good and a great faction. Uh, I obviously heavily influenced from the from the past past groups as well, like like the Horsemen, you know. So yeah, I, I think they're absolutely justified in both of our top tens. Yep. Now my five. This was a. <laughs> This was a, a toss-up, and people will probably think, why did I do it? It was either the New Day and the Bloodline. Yeah. Now, people will, uh, and I've put the Bloodline in. Uh, my Bloodline's my five as well. Oh, so, oh okay. So we're, we're in. We're in the same boat. And so it was between the New Day and the Bloodline. Um, and up until this morning, it was New Day. Yeah. But I thought about it. And thought about it and thought about it and I just had to fit the bloodline in and I couldn't take anybody else really out. Arguably I could have took the undisputed era out maybe and put bloodline in. But um I it's chose... difficult, isn't it? Because you want to like uh, spread them out because there's been so many yeah. significant groups in, in the likes of NXT and in AEW, you know, it's only been going five years, but we've had a lot of factions there. So yeah. it's difficult to try and spread them out. So I totally understand that. I mean, New Day. I didn't even think about, to be honest. That's an oversight by me. So they they have to go in my honourable mentions now. They've gone in my uh, yeah. <laughs> but bloodline, you know, for me, my number five is again a recent group. You know, it's, it's the last few years. Yeah. But I just think what they've done in wrestling and the story they've told. I mean, the storyline of the bloodline has been considered one of the best stories in wrestling history of yeah. all time. You know, and that's not just people. That's not hyperbole. That's that's genuine. You know, there has been so yeah. much great television. And it's really kept the WWE going at times when some of the other some of the product was criticised. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bloodline segment would elevate a show, and sometimes it would take it from a, a seven out of ten show to a nine out of ten show. So yeah, um, Bloodline absolutely justified in your top five as far as I'm concerned, mate. Yeah, I I feel so of a new day, but they are in my honorable mentions. But yeah. I don't know, blood that bloodline's still going on, and they've now added the other. They've now added more questions because Jay's on one show. What's going to happen there? And yeah. is, this, is this the prologue to get Cody onto Cody SmackDown? Yeah, that's what you I know. suspect. Possibly, but it's been great. Was there anything you needed to add to that? <laughs> Bloodline, I know you commented on them and they're your number five, but was there anything? Yeah, else? as I say, what they've done in such a short period of time, uh, the wise man, they all play their role so well. You know, yeah. it's, it's the, I suppose it's the acting skills uh, as well, the facial expressions. Um you know, but the image of the bloodline standing in the ring, even with Sami Zayn as well, when all of them were there with their fingers, you know, the, their ones up, I just thought that was such a, uh, you know, impressive 
image or you know uh, just what wrestling's all about you know really get you excited uh get you you know thinking about what feuds that can be involved with the ultimate split you know which happens with a lot of factions you know the the story they they go their separate ways and it's not usually very amicably you know it's usually it usually leads to main event matches on pay-per-views you know when the faction does implode um and that's what we've had with the bloodline you know we've had We've had the matches with Sammy. We've had the matches yeah. with Jay. We had those initially, and we've had them again recently, and and they've delivered every single time. Um, so the bloodline for me, probably the brainchild of Paul Heyman and Roman, um, yeah. you know, because obviously Heyman has got so many connections to to the Annoy family. Um, yes. You know, they'd be able to use history with that. Just just absolutely perfection the majority of the time. Yeah, and I think the the thing about it is also is they have literally limited creative people involved. It's literally yeah. Roman, Paul Heyman, obviously Triple H. I think it's Michael Hayes. Yeah. One or two. They don't have this big room of writers telling me. No. Unique blend. And also, when it's come to this kind of storyline, every time it's needed to change, changed it up. Yeah. They've added Jimmy. They added Jay. They had Sammy. They had Solo. Now they've split jay away so it's kind of like they're elevating it continuously so it doesn't get it gets to a stage where you think well, is this getting too boring oh no because then they do this and it yeah. starts it all again so i like that part of it as well yeah absolutely and and it'd be remiss of us not to mention uh roman reigns title run as well yes. since you know being head of the table yeah. you know not record breaking yet um but some people are some people are predicting that he that he may have it for years and years and overpass Bruno. I can't see that, no. but I could certainly see him overpassing Hogan. Uh, I'm not I mean, sure how much left on that. Is it Hogan and Bob Backlund that are in front like of Roman? Four hundred. I think it's another year if it's yeah. Hogan. I think. Okay. Well, we we predict really that Cody's going to win the title at Mania, so maybe not. But still, that title reign has been so impressive. Some of the matches he's had, you know, he stole the show. You know, he absolutely has. And Roman Reigns is in the conversation for top 10 of all time. Oh, definitely. You know, so, uh, and the bloodline has got a lot to do with that. You know, it's really kept our interest. And as you say, if anything started to think, is this going to go a bit stale or is this run its course? They introduce a new element to it and it's ex- just as exciting as it was all over again. Yeah, that's why that's why they had that's why they got in. New Day have been great, but they're pretty without being they are same old, same old. New Day. Yeah. It's always the same thing. Whereas that's why I put my again, reasons for Bloodline. I put in ahead of the New Day was that. I, I love the New Day and yeah. um some of the comedy they they introduced at times and some of like the innuendo stuff is hilarious. Um but yeah, I, I can't help but to feel that they are targeted to to kids a little bit more than the likes of ourselves, although they yeah. are fantastic wrestlers. Um, so maybe that's why I didn't consider them. Um, but yeah, definitely honourable mentions for me. Definitely honourable mention. Definitely honourable mention for me. As I said, they were in mine until I just couldn't, I couldn't not have the bloodline. Yeah. So there we go. Um, Who's your four, mate? Four uh, for me is the Heart Foundation. So okay. you kind of, you know, you kind of alluded it to, alluded to it that again, it's not your, um, you know, not your era, really, in a lot of ways. Um, but for me, Brett, Owen, Davey, Anvil. Um, Pillman. Pillman. Uh, just basically done everything that I needed uh, yeah. for a group. Um, 
and I absolutely they they absolutely run you know they were and again these were didn't have muscle I mean Anvil I suppose was the size factor to yeah. a degree Owen was the up and comer Brett was the leader Pillman was just the Moxley just an absolute nut job uh but you know in in a good way obviously um so yeah they for me they're in their their accomplishments it did elevate owen didn't really do much for jim obviously brian pillman didn't quite get an opportunity just due to the issues that he had davy much like davy again he had some issues which probably stopped any sort of run from happening but all in all for everything that they've done they deserve to be in in my list and uh, they're in number four yeah, and it would be great to see the Hart family, uh, a legend that their legacy in wrestling, yeah. uh, we can't say enough about. You know, they're responsible for so many great wrestlers coming through the dungeon, um, and that have been trained by Stu Hart and the Hart family. Yeah, uh, in recent times, and it's going back probably 10 plus years now, you had the Hart dynasty in WWE, yeah. um, which was Tyson Kidd. Yes, um, uh, Harry Smith, Tyson Harry Smith, Smith and Natalia, yeah, uh, and it was a shame that that really had great potential. That did, but obviously those two guys were very young. It needed a bit of an older head in there, yeah. uh, you know. And I'm sure if Owen was still with us, perhaps Owen Hart would could have been part of that, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say that they can't do something in the future with it. Obviously, Pillman Junior is signed to WWE now, um, and Harry Smith's doing great on the the independent. So. Yeah. Yeah, we could see another version of the Heart Foundation or the Heart Dynasty at some point, and I think that would be great. Yeah, certainly would be for me. I'll be, I'll be all up for that. But uh, who's your four, Dave? My four uh, is a group that I saw a lot of when I uh, during the Attitude Era uh, and when really my WWE or WWF at the time fandom began, and that was the Corporation uh, oh, slash the Corporate Ministry. So I've cheated a bit there because obviously oh, okay. they combined. They the Ministry both. of Darkness, which yeah. was the Undertaker's faction, and yeah. Vince McMahon's corporation. Yeah. All the top heels at the time uh, were part of that. And there was henchmen in there, you know, the likes of your big boss man and Tess. There was Ken Shamrock in there. Uh, but then you had the likes of The Rock in there as well. Yeah. Uh, Triple H. Um, yeah. You know, all, all these, you know, who's who in wrestling were part of that faction. And when they did the higher power storyline, which was a great story, and they revealed that the, the higher power was Vince, yeah. uh, and then they combined with The Undertaker, we had a lot of good entertainment and wrestling matches off the back of that as well. So so for me, a lot of good memories. Um, yeah, I really I really loved it. Even though they were heels, yeah. uh, I, I absolutely loved matches involving the corporation and the stories involved in the corporation. Obviously, the Vince McMahon character at the time was at its absolute peak, you know, with his feud with Stone Cold, yeah, uh, and him having a having a group to do his dirty work w- was just great booking uh, and great storytelling. So, corporation make it into my uh, top four. Yeah, no, very good. I I, I didn't think of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and I should. It's if there's so many, you know, it's yeah. easy to get tender and and then and then forget a lot of others, and then when you remember them, you have got to try and squeeze one in, but you have got to take one out, and it's yeah. it's it is difficult to get to a ten. Yeah, it is difficult. Uh, the corporation would have been on my list. I would have probably moved Undisputed Era around, maybe shuffled the pack a little bit in terms of where to put them. Uh, but yeah, they, that was a very good pick. Um, my three is DX. <clears throat> Sean, Hunter, China, X-Pac, Billy Gunn, Road Dog. I mean, the, the group that 
solidify the attitude here. You can probably guess where my number two is going if my number three is DX, but um, they solidified WWE when it was on its knees. <clears throat> they, yeah. they were needing something. WCW running rough shot with a certain group that we were probably going to be in our top 10 at some point. Um, they were they needed something. They had Austin, they had The Rock, but what they didn't have was this group of degenerates. And this is where, and people will criticise, and they do criticise him big time, but this is where you have to give Vince Russo his props. Yeah. For everything bad that he done, if it wasn't for Vince Russo, there wouldn't be a Degeneration X. So, and there wouldn't have been all this stuff where they invaded. They were funny. They had some great. Shawn Michaels, the leader. Triple H was that point was the up and comer. So he's yeah. reverse for Evolution. Yeah, uh, kind of fitting with the name. Um, and then you had the tag team of Billy Gunn and the Road Dog. You had the Muscle, which in this case was China. And then yeah. you had the little Runt, which was X Parking, not the Runt in a sense, but you know, yeah, yeah. The smaller guy uh, yeah. and, and stuff. So for me, that group had everything it needed to, and it saved the WWE in a lot of ways from potentially going the other way in terms of uh, the Monday Night Wars. <laughs> yeah, they they were incredible, and obviously we've had we've had a run as well in fairly recent times with, with Sean and, and Triple H, which made yeah. for some great stories and, and entertainment, some great matches. Um, DX for me, they're, they're my number two, so I know we're going out of order a little bit, and we're yeah. going to give you my number three, but might as well talk about DX as we're so close. Yeah. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, you know the the inclusion of of, of a woman in China in yes. DX that was an absolute game changer, and I'm sure she's influenced so many wrestlers, so many female wrestlers, male wrestlers, and female wrestlers yeah. to get into wrestling <clears throat> uh, and see women portrayed in a different way. You know, as as you say, the muscle the powerhouse, you know, and the person not to mess with. She stood there at ringside looking menacing and um, she was a perfect fit with the group. As you say, they had a bit of everything. They had the New Age Outlaws, you know, great tag team, multiple tag team tag team title reigns. Um, yeah, they, they, perfect, perfect group, you know, and again, my my number two uh, could, on another day, of you could argue that they could be number one, you know, because... Yes. They were so influential. The T-shirts they sold, the merchandise oh, yeah. they sold. Um, DX shirts are still prevalent at wrestling shows now. Uh, I saw one at the Rev Pro show the other week, and it was like the like this top top really, yeah, yeah, yeah the jersey, yeah. The, yeah, the basketball one. I, I saw that uh, a lady was wearing that who it must have been in her twenties, you know. <laughs> so DX was way before she was she was born, uh, but the influence and you know. Their, their influence on the business, their impact on the business is, is still seen today at wrestling shows all over the world. Yeah. So that was your two. Who's your my th three? My three was a, a group that you've already picked. They were lower down in your list. So it's the Bullet Club. And I put ah, okay. the Bullet Club in all iterations because, as you alluded to, there are a lot <laughs> yeah. of different factions that spun off. And yeah. the one that I'm really enjoying at the minute is Bullet Club Gold. Yes. Uh, in AW. I, I think they're, they're absolutely brilliant. Uh, Jay White is a superstar. And no doubt one day he's going to be AEW world champion. Uh, I think Juice Robinson, uh, who I spoke to guys about Juice Robinson, about his run in Japan. And, you know, he was kind of on that mid-card level. Um, yeah. So I wasn't sure what to expect. Uh, but he's he just doesn't put a foot wrong. Uh, he's great alongside Jay. He's great as a single star. You know, we saw the four-on-four four match at All Out, which, you know, was a show stealer. You know, arguably... Yeah, definitely one of the matches of the night, you know, and yeah. there were a few contenders for that. Uh, but for me, the influence of the Bullet Club 
led to the creation of AEW. Um, you know, in many ways, you know, you had Cody, you had the books, you had Kenny, you had Hangman, and what they did on the independence and then putting on the show with Ring of Honor really got the ball rolling for AEW to form. And I spend so much time talking and watching AEW. Um, it would be remiss of me not to kind of mention that fact that the Bullet Club or members of the Bullet Club were influential in changing the wrestling landscape, you know, and they they stole a lot of bits and pieces, which I'll happily, you know, admit, you know, from from the click and DX and the NWO. Um, but I think I think I mean I don't know when they formed, oh, it was 2013, maybe, maybe it might have been earlier than that. Yeah. Um but but yeah, we st- they're still their fingerprints are all over wrestling still in in 2023. So uh, that's why they've made it into my top three. Very good. Well, you've had your two. My two uh, was I kind of mentioned it as I said before when you mentioned DX and and I said that they were very close to getting put out of business because there was another faction running roughshod in WCW, and that faction at the time was the New World Order. Yeah, uh, and again, you're talking about iterations. I mean, they had a lot of iterations in those. We had at one point you had about seven limos pull up with the amount of people that they had in it. But yeah. I, I'm sticking to the NWO that was specifically Hogan, Hall, and Nash. Yeah, uh, for me, I think once they started adding too many members, it got just got a bit silly with the fact that you know you'd be attacked one week, you'd join us. Bishop, I'll add onto that actually because yeah, Bishop, mate, because that was a massive. That was like the when Vince had the corporation, this this was Eric's corporation in in, in a sense. Um, but everything that allude, this was even the story. Scott Hall walks through the crowd. If you and you didn't, there wasn't enough internet back in that day. Well, there certainly wasn't enough dirt sheets back in those days. Yeah, where you could, you know, where you would be able to. Oh, okay, this, this is the reason. When you look at this, and you you're a WWF fan, or even if you're not, and you're a WCW fan, but you watch WWF, probably a bit like yourself. And you see Scott Hall walking down the stairs through the crowd, sorry, during a match. And you're like, well, hang on a minute. I saw him on Raw last week or whatever. What's he doing? And yeah. then he starts talking about a war. And you're thinking, are they are they doing something here with a WWE actually doing something with WCW? Are they? And then Nash joins. And then you're like, hold on a minute. This guy was world champion not a little while ago. And now he's over here. Yeah. And then they say about the third man, and which actually was meant to be Sting. Uh, yeah. Which they didn't go with in the end. They went with Hogan, and they and they done what I was talking about with Nexus and Cena. They done the biggest hill. I still think it's the biggest hill turn in wrestling now. Absolutely. I don't think there's. I don't even think anything comes close at the minute. And the Cena one would have done uh, if yeah. that happened. Um, but then Hogan turns his back on everyone. I mean, Hogan was a heel when he first come into wrestling when he was first. Yeah. Wrestling. But since Hulkamania, there was never he was you'd never dream of that guy uh, turning heel and, and no. turning his back on all of these fans and say your prayers and eat your vitamins and all that stuff. Yeah, but when he did, he made that that was then it. NWO was then to the top everywhere. You st- and you mentioned about people you still see DX shirts. You see untold NWO shirts still event matches to this day, still at uh, events to this day. Um, so for me, they are number two. There is a reason why they're not one, and I'll get into that when I say my number one. And but um, NWO for me was definitely the second biggest, and 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 had the biggest heel turn, and had a great story to go with it. Yeah, as we've done my number two, 
I might as well reveal my number one, yes. which is the NWO. Oh, there you um, go. So you're number two. My num- <laughs> so yeah, seamless, mate. We could carry on talking yes. about the NWO for a minute or two. Brilliant. Uh, I loved, I loved the 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 angle with Hogan and the heel turn and the original yeah. NWO, and I enjoyed their run in the WWE years later when they came back. I, I really did. You know, the Hogan and Rock stuff was fantastic. And there were some other good matches in there. Hall and uh, Austin had some good battles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that original three. Uh, and then what he created and what he did for wrestling. You know, as you say, the influence now is still seen. Every wrestling show, you'll see NWO shirts. Not only will you see NWO Hollywood shirts, you'll see NWO Wolfpack shirts. I love the Wolfpack, you know. Yeah. And, and as you say, as it went on, and at a certain point, there was like an NWO B team. And yeah. it, it it did get a little bit um you know overpopulated in terms of the NWO ranks. Yeah. Um, but for a period there was uh, the NWO battling against the Wolfpack, which was Kevin Nash, it was Lex Luger, it was Sting, uh, Macho Man was in there, Conan was in there. Uh, I really enjoyed that little group and that battle with the NWO uh, Hollywood faction. Um for me, when I think about wrestling or I think about my kind of childhood watching wrestling, I immediately think of the NWO. And we're lucky to have interviewed Buff Bagwell, who was kind of right there in the thick of it and one of the members and and had a long run in it. And he said kind of it was the best time of his life. And he said, you know, they were, the the company were making so much money off the back of the NWO and, and what they did. I mean, they started, you know, throwing cash everywhere. And Buff told us that, he got three, t- every show he went to, he was given three NWO t-shirts, you know. Yeah. It, it was just done so well. Everybody wanted to be a part of the NWO. Everybody was doing the two sweet. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of people still are now. And as I say, the Bullet Club have been influenced by that. So for me, best faction ever in wrestling, the New World Order. Yeah, they definitely was. Actually, I didn't mind the NWO when it moved, when it had the red and black and black and white. Yeah. Uh, that was that was a good little split. We've also interviewed, we also had a very, very privileged, maybe last week, the week before, to, it was last week, I believe, to interview someone who was a big nemesis of the NWO in DDP. Yes, yeah, and that was a great story as well when it looked like DDP was joining and he had the shirt on and then he dropped Hall with uh, Nash with Diamond Cutters. Yeah. I mean, that was, that elevated DDP to the next level. Because until that point, the NWO were really untouchable. You know, they were just uh, just beating people up left, right, and centre. So DDP was the first guy that stood up to them. Yeah. So that yeah, that's a great show. That story. I loved Sting as well when he revealed himself yeah. that he was in the Wolfpack and he was wearing the red and black paint. I yeah. really, I really like. I've liked all versions of Sting to be honest. And we we saw a bit of Joker Sting lately, oh, which is another really? great version of him. <laughs> but Wolfpack Sting was great. Um, I've got a little uh, one of the elite figures of Wolfpack Sting, you know, that I've kept in the box. Um, because when I saw that, I was like, I've got to have that. I saw it. It was one of those things like that took me straight away back to when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. Uh absolutely loving the attitude era, the battles between the WWF and WCW on a weekly basis. Uh and the NWO were a huge part of that. Must ask, did you get in much trouble with the amount of money you spent in AEW? Uh no, I didn't actually. No, I didn't <laughs> I didn't know because I don't drink, so I always justify my spend, particularly on wrestling and merch, on the fact that if I was going out and having a drink, I'd be spending like 50, 60, 70 quid on beer. And you'd feel like crap the next day. That's it. So I've got something for show for my money when I've got some merch. True. Um, But also, I keep out the doghouse by by doing stuff with the girls the next day. So, yeah, I didn't get in trouble. 
always make sure that you have that little counteract, uh, yeah, little counter thing to stop you getting in trouble. So you didn't get in trouble. Have you watched the Eddie Kingston show yet? Uh, no, no, I've I've wore it that once. Um, yeah, we did the podcast and I did it yes. on, but I've kind of put it aside at the minute. I don't really know what to do with it. Like, I like, I want to wear it, but I don't want it to get ruined. And there was actually yeah. a picture of Eddie that came out promoting the shirt on pro on AEW shop and he's holding it up and it must be the one that I actually got. Um you know because they weren't selling it at the show. No. Um, but they're they're now selling it on the shop. So yeah that that was that yeah. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with it but it hasn't been washed yet. It hasn't been washed yet. I can't wait to see him at uh, progress in a month's time. I'm looking forward to that. Um anyway I, I digress because it's not nothing to do with Eddie King. This is nothing to do with Eddie King and all your spending at AEW. This is a top ten. Uh, and it's just me really because you, you've mentioned um, you know, my number one uh happens to be the four horsemen. Yeah. We mentioned Flair, Talion, Oli, uh, everybody that they were that you know other than they had some ma- massive feuds with the uh, the free birds as well. Yeah. And those were the two that really kick-started the factions. I mean, you had some great tag teams, but the faction-wise was Horseman and uh, and the Freebirds were the two main ones. So yeah. I have to put the Horseman at the top. They didn't have a lot of muscle, but they just had so much incredible talent uh, on show. The Flair being the leader, obviously, and uh, of, of that. And he was probably multiple-time world champion by that point. Uh, what I've seen a lot of from the Horseman in that period is Flair's promos. Oh, yes. They were legendary. What I haven't seen as much of, and which is why the horsemen made my list, but they were a lot lower. Uh, I haven't seen too much, uh, and this is my fault, I haven't seen too many matches from that era. Exactly, yeah. So if anybody's watching this on YouTube or listening on Spotify or however you're kind of hearing this right now, if you've got any horsemen matches that you recommend and and you say, Dave, go back and watch these matches, uh, I'll absolutely do that because, yeah, I, I'm totally aware of their influence on wrestling. Yeah. And I know I'm going to get panned on X for them being so low at number nine in my list. Um, well, you or, might not even just get panned on X. There may be a certain person on this show that may uh, <laughs> not necessarily me. Oh, Burroughs is never happy. <laughs> Burroughs is never happy. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, yeah, I'd say, you know, you two guys are a little bit older than me. Yeah, exactly. and, and you saw you saw more of that at the time when it happened. Yeah. Um, but I need to go back and watch more and I'll, I'll make that my homework off the back of this top 10. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think uh, everybody will agree that naming the Four Horsemen as your number one is, is a great pick and fully justified. Yeah. Speaking of homework, you will get in trouble anyway, because you did say on your last top 10, now bear in mind it was some time ago, so it was a little bit, that you would always have beers and beatdowns as your background, every top 10 that you do. Oh, I do. Mess that up then. <laughs> mess that up like my, my sign off. I mess up more often than not. Yeah, sorry guys. Sorry guys. I've, Don't uh, worry. I, I just remembered that. it because you was uh, you mentioned that Bar is not being happy and stuff. And, and, and I'm upsetting everyone. Upset. <laughs> but no, it is it is all subjective, and this is the beauty of the top tens. They are also, as you say, Parker would be on here with a map, probably a totally different top ten to you, me, and Burroughs, um, because yeah. of the age when he started watching wrestling and the, the factions that are around. So that that is why. Your top 10 is different to mine. There's a few years gap in age, and that means that there's more. I've seen more than you have, or I've seen more fact, a couple more factions. And yeah. some of them are higher up my list than they are yours because yeah. they have more of an impact on me because I've seen it. Whereas you say you've heard of it, you've seen bits, 
but you wasn't around to witness it. So that's exactly. And and I try and keep mine uh, like personable, put to me. Because yeah. if you Google top rest, wrestling faction in history, I could have just got hit the first list and read those out, you know. But that no. that's not a true reflection of my fandom. No. So I don't know if you want to run through them one to ten, mate. Give us uh, give us yours, your full ten, and then I'll uh, I'll read mine out. My one to ten is in the order yeah. I've given it. Yeah. That is my one to ten. So yeah, my... I've just just well, I'll I'll refer everyone on on mine. So. We've got NWO number one, DX, Bullet Club, Corporation, Bloodline, The Shield, Evolution, Aces and Eights, The Four Horsemen, and The BCC. That's my 10. The BCC are a great show. And The Corporation. I can't believe I uh, I totally missed that one off my list. That's yeah, I'm, I'm fairly reading that 10 back and looking at it down, written down. I'm pretty happy with it. As I said, there could be on another day, um, you know, a... Uh, a swap in place one might be slightly higher one might be slightly lower um but i think i think that's a good representation of wrestling in the last 25 years when it yep. comes to factions um so yeah and, and some of those factions are still going you know bullet club bloodline bcc yeah um they're still part of wrestling now and it would be great to see what they do in the in time to come and whether you know, in a year or two time they they're higher up the list may well be uh, but so my one to 10 horsemen DX, NWO, Heart Foundation, uh, Bloodline, uh, Evolution, Shield, Bullet Club, Freebirds, Undisputed Era. Was my time. yeah. We've, yeah. I think we've got six or seven the same in a different order, and then yeah. a, a couple of others. So yeah, great. To, and, and the Freebirds, as I say, uh, same as what I said about the Horsemen. If anybody's got any recommendations, and you say this, the you need to go and see this Freebird match, then please uh, mention it in the comments. Email yeah. us, reach out to us. And yeah. uh, you know, I'm always I'm always happy to watch some quality wrestling and recommendations of people. So uh, shout them up and, and educate me. And likewise, if your top ten is different to our top ten, then at least put it in the comments so we can yeah. uh, comment it on X, comment it on YouTube, so that we can have an opportunity to go maybe look back and maybe there's some on there that we may they may have got in our honourable mentions, but at least there'll be someone there for us to take a look at for us to maybe do some, or if there's particular matches, as Dave says, if you've got an older group that perhaps we won't know about, then send it to me and Dave, uh, give us your recommendations and your matches. We'll definitely go back and watch that because we love yeah. it. So the, the one I'm disappointed really that I haven't got in is the nation a domination. And yes. so I thought they changed it, particularly for, for black wrestlers yes. uh, at the time when there wasn't many, yeah, uh, and they they you know they became this force, uh, and then Rock obviously similar to Triple H, yeah. um, with DX, similar to Randy Orton and Batista with Evolution. The yeah. Rock went on to superstardom. Um, so and as I say, I had wrote them down as my eight. Yeah, and then I, ironically that that was swap for aces and eights. Um, but yeah, on another day, it was just because I caught the back end of it. So yeah. it wouldn't really be the truth if I said, yeah, the nation, I watched it from start to finish. I only saw the last bit of it, you know, during like 97, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nation of domination, I'm expecting to be on lots of people's top tens. I expect they will be as well. But guys, this has been a really good top 10. We love these ones. We have got a lot more. It is just trying to get everyone. We Andy's going to be annoyed that he's not on this. Dave was annoyed he missed the last two. I love these ones because they're so subjective. They're so much fun. But then we've got so many more. To give you an idea, we've got the top 10 WWE greatest debuts. 
who we still haven't done yet. Um, I've st- we've got the top 10 Intercontinental Champions. We'll gun for make that list now. Here. That would be a great one. That'd be a great one. I was going to put that for us to do today uh, on this Friday, but I thought I'd leave that one for a, a different day. So the top 10 Intercontinental Champions will gun for make that list. I've also got the top 10 Oh my God moments, the moments that you turned around and said, What? Uh, oh my God, maybe the biggest things that have happened in wrestling since we've been there. So there's a yeah, I've got stacks more. This is the beauty of being uh, uh, resting and recuperating from illness or or, or, or not or from a hospital or, visit. or bad backs <laughs> or bad backs in Dave's case. Yeah, in bad yeah. backs, Dave's case. Uh, you know, I, I get a lot of time to run through stuff in my head, and there's a lot more to come on this, but guys. This has been Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. We'll be back with SmackDown reviews, collision reviews over the weekend. Enjoy the sun if you're in the UK. Uh, Bank the most of it because it will soon be freezing cold and we will soon be saying that C word. And no, I don't mean the one that ends in T. Um, It will be the one that ends in S. Uh, Dave, you looking confused. I'll tell you off air. Uh, but he has been the problem child, Dave Robinson. I have been your host, Adam Cousins. Until next time, everybody, buckle down, stay safe. Goodbye. Hey everybody, thank you for checking out the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. Make sure you go and check us out on all social media. Twitter, you can find us at HTTBuckle. Facebook, just search the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast.